the eulogy began, my mama's people are from Wayne County, just east of here, a little wide spot in the road, just north of Fairfield, called Sims. I didn't look at the crisp black letters printed on the sheets of bright white paper on the podium in front of me. I didn't need to. These words weren't written. I'd composed them as I sat listening to the first hymn. I went on. My dad's family's from Cumberland County, just north of Greenham. I grew up with Wednesday night meetings at the Hurricane Creek Missionary Baptist Church. I grew up scratching chigger bites from picking blackberries. I grew up with the legend of Kenny Gray. Kenny Gray, a legend in Little Egypt, as Southern Illinois is still called. Kenny loved his nickname, King of Pork. He was an old-time Democratic Southern Illinois congressman who believed his role in Congress was to bring highways, dams, and the federal dollars that built them to his home district. He succeeded. I smiled at Dodie. Although well in her 70s and maybe even early 80s, Kenny's widow, with her jet black hair and flashing eyes, still drew second glances. She loved nothing better than performing. Whether it was singing gospel songs or waltzing into a rural county Democratic Party function on Kenny's arm, who more than two decades after his last term in Congress could still draw a standing ovation from his former constituents. With her looks and musical talent, she could easily have rivaled Loretta Lynn as a country music star. But she loved her role as Congressman Kenny Gray's partner too much to ever leave the hoots and hollers of Southern Illinois for the city lights of Nashville. Doty's family filled the first pew. I didn't need to look past it. I'd left my seat in the second row to deliver the eulogy. I knew that same second row held a current United States senator, a former governor or two, four former congressmen, and the president of Southern Illinois University. The balance of the pews held small-town mayors, county clerks, retired coal miners, and aging union leaders. Somewhere in the crowd sat my chief of staff, himself a former county clerk, and my communications director, the fancy Washington, D.C. title for a press secretary speechwriter. Like Doty, she's another raven-haired beauty, one who had escaped the small towns of Southern Illinois. Doty had personally called to ask me, the current occupant of the congressional seat once held by Kenny, to give the eulogy. Quite an honor for a freshman congressman, considering she could have asked any of the occupants of that packed chapel, any one of whom would have been delighted to extol Kenny's virtues to that room full of influential citizens. One doesn't say no to Doty, even though it meant missing votes in Congress, which we knew would result in a tax upon me by my Republican opponent in the upcoming election for not doing the job voters sent me to Washington, D.C. to do. Kenny's funeral was a must-appear event. Using the Southern Illinois accent I'd picked up at my grandmother's knee, rather than my usual flat Midwestern tones of Belleville, I moved on to talking about what the larger-than-life legend of Kenny Gray meant to a Southern Illinois country boy. One glance at Doty told me I was in the sweet spot. I'd spent enough time in Southern Baptist churches as a youth to hit the cadence of call and response that echoes through Southern churches, whether black or white, every Sunday morning and most Wednesday evenings. The senator, who's from the industrial suburb of East St. Louis, and the former governor from suburban Chicago, 
might not have been nodding their heads. But the calloused hands of Southern Illinoisans were ready to start clapping in time with the rhythm. After a few more extemporaneous sentences, establishing my bona fides as a Southern Illinois boy, and thus fit to hold Kenny's seat, I glanced down to read the polished words in the scripted eulogy prepared by my SIU graduate degree speechwriter to finish off my timed seven-minute eulogy. Leaving the podium, I knelt to hug Dodie, then walked back to my second-row aisle seat, joining the line of somber-suited, starch-white-shirted, and appropriate funeral-tied brethren. Kenny would have chortled. Kenny didn't believe in dark suits. He loved his bright, some might say loud, sport coats with flashy bow ties. He liked to make a statement. Glenn Pichard, the former Southern Illinois University president who succeeded Kenny in Congress, loves to tell the story of House Speaker Tip O'Neill, murmuring to him in the congressional cloakroom when Glenn first replaced Kenny in Congress, I didn't know they sold black suits in Southern Illinois. If they did, Kenny never bought one. After the service, a back row attendee came up to me and said with surprise, I didn't know you had such deep roots in Southern Illinois. As a retired Major General living in the citified St. Louis suburb of Belleville, I was clearly one of them, not one of us, in his view, before he heard the eulogy. Obviously, he had not voted for me in the previous election. But now, with my rural roots exposed, perhaps he would the next time. The next reaction, less welcoming. Scratching chigger bites? Really? What were you thinking? My speechwriting communications director exclaimed. She had probably scratched a few chigger bites herself. But with her escape from A.J., as Anna Jonesboro, Illinois, is known to Southern Illinoisans, she wasn't about to admit it. At least not in public. Not in front of the senator. Not in front of the governor. Not in front of God knows who all. I just grinned at her. She was angry again because, once more, I'd abandoned her carefully honed remarks to embark on a journey of words designed to snare listeners in their flow like that of a muddy southern Illinois creek, rather than to inform them crisply as hers were.